What's up guys, welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 133 and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and of course, Keris Marsden. How do? How are you? I'm good, how are you? Fantastic. Here we are, episode 133, my favourite number. No, it's not. I know it's not. (laughs) I was just hoping people think, oh, what a random favourite number. I just like saying 33 because I know that you're thinking it's 33. (laughs) 33. (laughs) Speak properly. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Arcaris? We thought today we would talk about self-care, which is a complicated Mm, topic to manoeuvre. It is. Something that I spend a lot of time... I'm not very good at. (laughs) Shut up. Let's start with you then. No. I was about to say I'm spending more time speaking to clients about it because it's kind of falling down the list a little bit in terms of priorities Mm -hmm. and i think when people are thinking about health there's lots of like should i be uh (laughs) should i take turmeric (laughs) and how many spin classes should i do a week (laughs) what's the deal with dairy that was about dairy that's what we get a lot i I don't even know who that was by the way (laughs) i don't know i liked him (laughs) sounds like that beaver out of is it Lady in the Tramp? Yeah, I was going to say. Sunny. Busy, Sunny. <laughs> Is it Lady in the Tramp? I was thinking you sound like the one out of Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, but I don't know if that was a beaver. I don't know, I'm confused. Anyway, someone knows. <laughs> out there. Anyway. Carry on. Yes, yeah, so like that, people are very distracted about health. What I think is really important is, I've said self-care, but there's a little bit of work to be done before you can mm-hmm. actually start to look after yourself. Or you like to say that you parent yourself, self-parenting, don't you now? Yeah, you're kind of like, yeah. Because we're very good at kind of often supporting others, looking after others. You might even be a parent or you might be looking after your own parents or mm-hmm. siblings or partner. We're very good at often doing that. And it usually is at the expense of our own health. What I am tending to observe at the moment is this really difficult balance between looking after your body, listening to your body and nurturing it. And I'm completely putting myself here in this bracket as well. And you sometimes. And then being a good human being and looking after others and people that you love and care about. But then when it does come back to looking after yourself, there's a lot of things that are easy to tick off. It's almost... You'll know your personality by now. You might find it really easy to eat a good, nutritious breakfast, lunch and dinner. You might find it really easy to stick the gym kit on and head to the gym or leg it out for a run. But you find it really hard to perhaps say no to a commitment that you really don't want to do. You're not looking forward to. You're tired and you really want an early night, but you feel that you must oblige. Yeah. So there's this really difficult kind of path with health, I think, to balance because sometimes you're never going to truly benefit the results of going for a run and eating all that kale if your other aspects of your health aren't in check with that self-care element. And what I tend to find is it's the people who are... Why are you doing that with your hands? I I don't know. No one can see, can they? Keris is holding an imaginary... Ball. Ball. (laughs) For some reason. I'm explaining things. <laughs> yeah, but it hasn't moved. It's just, you've just been holding it. <laughs> I am gesturing. <laughs> Do you know what it annoys me? When I talk, like when I lecture or present, I've noticed my Fitbit is counting. I mean, I do walk around a lot when I'm presenting, mm. but my Fitbit counts gestures. Does it? Yeah, and then I'm like, gosh, for two years, have I actually been deluding myself about my activity levels? Or do you count a gesture as a step? Because we are still moving. Still movement. So what about if you're Italian? I know. Can you imagine? They're renowned for I reckon they're getting thousands of steps, yeah. And I thought, should I put the Fitbit... I actually did one morning, actually, put it on my ankle. It looked like you was on tag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It meant that I was... On house arrest. I was a thousand less 
I don't use it for any other thing than to motivate myself to move, if anything, and not be too sedentary in the day. But I was like, gosh, isn't that interesting? I gestured a thousand times across the day and not realised it. Which kind of is movement, so I'm not sure whether I should. There you go. And it is all about daily movement, not just steps. And another question. Do you leave the Fitbit on on the row machine? Because it does clock it like it's yeah. a step. Of course you should, But you're not, really. it's not really the same exercise. But I it's reckon still, it's worth it's, two steps. But it's One still pull movement, on a row machine is worth two steps. There is no way it's the same. Yeah, but rowing's harder than walking. I've never actually done this with my Fitbit. You can put it in sports mode and measure your sports activity. It's a random segue, Keris. It was, anyway. Just anyone out there with a Fitbit will know this dilemma. I saw a GIF on social media the other day when it was the cookie monster. And it said, like, life hack, if you eat cookies fast enough, your Fitbit thinks you're running. (laughs) 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 Anyway, carry on. Self-care and that. Self-care and that. Yeah, so this is what we thought we would make the focus of this podcast. But I think one of the things to is really helpful to do is because we're very busy people now, we always like to rush into, okay, self-care, six things you can do, you know. But in a way, like self-care almost becomes part of the to-do list, doesn't it? You're like, oh gosh, my to-do list just got even bigger now because now I've got to add self-care <laughs> into the scenario. <laughs> and what does that self-care look like? We're just going to talk about some key things that I think have to happen before you can even establish what self-care is to you because it's going to be mm. different to different individuals. And a lot of that is going to be based on your personality, your lifestyle generally, and just things like, I would say, like your conditioning. So as we've just mentioned, some people are very... Uh, I came across a phrase from, you know, I'm a big fan of Gabor Mate at the moment, and yeah. he talks about having this phrase, hyper-responsibility, where you just feel this responsibility for everybody else to fix and sort them out all the time Mm -hmm. and you become a bit of a control freak in that sense and that will be at the expense usually of your own health in some way even if it's mentally and emotionally so then you just become this kind of buzzing brain that cannot switch off yeah and it's constantly trying to you know meet other people's needs so it's kind of one of the traits that you might identify in yourself and a lot of this comes from early years where it might be that that was just your role in life that you you know kind of looked after siblings or you know if your parents are ill those types of things we can develop these kind of traits where we want to be responsible and look after others Mm. and then I think equally you can also have the type of personality where you want to fit in all the time so there's that kind of maybe lack of self-confidence and so you're more prone to doing things like you know excessive compulsive behaviors so too much exercise pushing yourself too hard at work going way beyond when your body's going, please give me a break, please take me outside for yeah. some movement, please feed me, you know, like you'll just push through all of that. And also hedonism, so smoking, drinking, spending money, drugs, it's all about keeping up with meeting the expectations of others because they're more important than you and your own kind of Or what they opinion. think of you, yeah. What they think of you is more important than your own opinion of yourself. Yeah. And There are lots of ways that this is described in, I'd say, alternative medicine, or you could look at psychotherapy, or you could just look at people who talk about spirituality, where it's about being very much kind of true to yourself or connected to yourself and actually understanding yourself a little bit better. So why is my personality like this? Yeah. Why are these my default traits? And why can't I stop it? Because then the other thing that we tend to see is when you have it highlighted to you that you're not looking after your body, what do you think is the first emotion you feel? So say you have a little bit of a cough that you're recovering from at the moment. <laughs> if you went to the gym today, which you nearly did, but you nearly were a good did. boy and packed your bag because your cough kind of was yeah. lingering. You packed your bag, came out of the gym. But say you went in there and you started enjoying the session and you got really into it. And then you woke up the next day and your chest was like, 
on fire and it was basically all back again and you mm. were having to take time off work, what would your first emotion be? Well, annoyed. At who? Myself. Yeah. And what else might you feel? Because I think you get a combination of two emotions. One is definitely like almost like resentment. Mm. Anger turns yeah. inward, which would make right. you sicker, by the way. Your immune oh. system will then oh. produce more inflammatory Golden chemicals. Bread, I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and then I get on the phone and go, you buffoon, why did you do yeah. that? I'm like, oh, I'm this right now. <laughs> so that's <laughs> external anger directed sideways from the missus. <laughs> What's the other thing then? I'd just be really annoyed. I'd be annoyed at myself. because Guilty. I'd, guilty. Yeah, well, I think guilt not, and anger, I think it's the two. Well, I would have feel, I don't know, I wouldn't feel guilty. Not in the scenario you just described, I wouldn't. Would you maybe feel guilty then if I caught the chest infection from you and I was really sick? Yeah, yeah. then I would, yeah. Because what you did was put your needs above mine and that created guilt for you yeah 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 but they weren't the right needs for you either right. so they weren't even true needs if that makes sense i hear you anyway yeah. so <laughs> on that note i think it really helps to and we've been having a big chat about this because what we tend to see is people continue to repeat behaviors that they know don't serve them don't serve their health get them into a lot of trouble from and this could be let's talk about finances for example you've mentioned this before people spend a lot of money and create a lot of debt and then get a lot of stress as a result of that financial debt, but still continue to spend money on things that they do not need. Mm. So if they stop for a second and go, do I genuinely need this? No. So what is the pressure that makes you buy? And, and it can be a number of things. It can be spending money is addictive, gives you a little bit of an escape, a little bit of a... Well, it's, it's like comfort eating, isn't yeah. it? What's it called retail therapy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's like it does offer you that little, like, oh, here's a shiny External new object reward. of some shape or form. And it makes me feel good yeah. until it gets thrown in the wardrobe and then not seen for months on end. Yeah. And we said on the last podcast that that addictive behaviour is often something you repeat over and over again, despite having negative consequences. You keep doing it anyway. Well, I used to train a lady who didn't matter how many sessions we had left of her block, she would always just pay me money on the first of every month. So that she didn't spend it. Yeah, and I'd be like, right. whoa, what are you doing? You haven't run out of sessions yet. <laughs> she wasn't looking for something extra. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, like, what, what, a tip. <laughs> what, what package are you after? She was like, I have to make sure the money's with you because otherwise I will spend it. But she used to spend loads of money on the first of the month when she got paid and live the rest of the month very, very frugally. Yeah. And I used to say to her, like, but why do you buy so much stuff on the first of the month? Like, why is this a thing that you do? Not that I'm like a finance expert or anything, but yeah. I was a bit like, she's always going on about not having any money and she yeah, needs yeah. to give me money so she doesn't run out when yeah. the sessions run out. And she was like, oh, it's just kind of like my routine. I remember thinking, I just can't get my head around that. But that's surely like having something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's obviously a reason yeah, why yeah. she does it. And it's almost like, yeah, hey, paychecks in, yeah, I'll go and buy this and splurge. I'll buy that. And, you know, stuff that she definitely didn't need. And there's only so many clothes you need or yeah, DVDs yeah. or whatever. But um, remember, often with that kind of behavior as well, the reward part of it is the anticipation. It's not the actual doing. And that's why once you get home with all the clothes, you're bored of them in like a day. Hmm. And you probably chuck them out for a charity shop in a month because you realize. They weren't even the right clothes anyway. Yeah. Because the exciting bit was thinking about spending that money, then possibly the process of spending that money, and then there's nothing. Mm. And this comes right back to kind of starting to know yourself and understand yourself a little bit better. Because if that is the only way that you find happiness in life, then it doesn't matter how many times we talk about gratitude, positive affirmations, all this kind of stuff. It just goes in one ear and out the other. And I think what I'm also seeing is people I'll work with will take that on board and go, I know I should appreciate like 
autumn leaves falling from the trees right now but you know what I just can't yeah. I can't slow my brain down I can't stop worrying about what people think of me and I can't stop thinking about a work deadline and whether my kids are going to be okay in this tech-based world like it's too much for our brains to contemplate yeah. And I think what really helps is to, I don't know really what comes first. It's kind of, first of all, understanding that those behaviours have come from all of your life experiences, which we've talked about on previous podcasts. So understand that, you know, if you were taught from a young age to work really hard and that you got status and things from that, then that is going to be something that you'll continue to strive to do. And you'll mm. find it hard to do the opposite of that. And the opposite, by the way, might even feel quite uncomfortable for you as well. Yeah. Equally, I think because of things like schools or like maybe you move house as a child, like you just become so concerned about fitting in that again, you start to repeat behaviors that don't serve you. So I think it helps to understand that kind of stuff, but maybe you actually need the self-care in place first to really get to know yourself and understand what you truly need. And I think sometimes that comes from just spending a bit of time on your own. Yeah. So actually putting the brakes on your social life, you know, stop, rushing everywhere and filling your diary which again I think is for a lot of people a form of distraction yeah. it's not done through genuine enjoyment it's like just keep really busy and we don't have yeah. to worry about the world and spend some time on your own and start to contemplate you know what do you think about when you wake up in the morning and this is something I've had to do and I've been really shocked by everything from the the kind of how negative my mind can go very quickly mm. like I'm a warrior so it goes straight mm. towards like <laughs> you know like the really dark things and I can turn on myself very quickly and be like well you didn't really achieve much yesterday and what are you doing today and what are you what's your what's your reason for being here what's your purpose who are you <laughs> you know like it, but, it can escalate really quickly oh hell yeah it can and I'd probably say I mean if we're talking full disclosure here like I'd say that you've been quite self-critical of late because with you not being like not 100% at the minute you know like most people are aware of. I don't, know, I don't even want to say illness because you don't even really know what it is yet. You've not even had any answers of all the tests are. Yeah. But there's part of you that almost feels like a failure because you're like, I can't fix myself. I'm fixing everybody else. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know what's going on. The doctors don't know what's going on. And at the moment, like I can't fix myself. So you're quite critical of yourself in that regard. Yeah. From a professional level, because it's almost making you doubt, you know, how good you are because you're like well I can't help me I can't make this thing go away right now do you know you're absolutely right and I think what it's done to me though on a number of levels is I can honestly say I thought prior to kind of falling on holiday I was almost a bit amazed at how invincible I was and mm. what I was getting away with and I was working probably you know excessive amount of hours still managing to get up do some runs and I just wasn't feeling any negative side effects from it really and wasn't doing any foam rolling wasn't doing any yoga wasn't even breathing properly but was like do you know what I'm getting away with this and I am loving because there's a high involved in yeah. in the work element or teaching and things like that and so <laughs> when I fell in on holiday and then suddenly all of that is taken away I realized that those are as we talked about in the previous session they are my addictions they're my escapes I will work really hard I will help others I will mm. support others I'll be there relentlessly. I will run. I will be fit. I will be strong. I'll have status for all of that as well. And I will just be the doer. Mm. And so to have all of that taken away from me over the last few months has been incredible, but probably one of the hardest journeys I've had to go through. And the reason my body's kind of like hanging on to made massive progress, changing my diet, sleeping more, gave up loads of work. And I've just gone back to just working with clients. And funnily enough, I've realized it's probably my biggest skill 
yeah, it wasn't something that I was doing the most of, if that makes sense. Because I'm that yes person that was saying yes. yes to lectures, yes to corporate work, yes to whatever anyone asked me, I would say yes to. Except me. <laughs> yeah. Poor Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Put me dinner. No. <laughs> Who do you think I am? Can I see your boobs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Who's got time for that? <laughs> Carry on. Anyway. Yeah, so I think... I can't even think where I was now. I've just got boobs in my head. So what I was about to say was to have all that taken away and then realise that actually the only work I'm doing at the moment is working with our members and with clients. And I've suddenly realised that, A, this is probably where I am strongest because I'm a listener and I like to hear someone's story and I like to help them through Mm -hmm. making changes, making progress. But equally, I think your own journey happens for a reason. And one of the reasons is that you can then guide people better. Yeah. And one of the things I had to do was, first of all, accept that I'm not invincible. Yeah. <laughs> and it took a while, but everything I did caught up with me. But then the second process that I went through was massive amounts of guilt at taking advantage of my body and really pushing it so far. And that anger that you mentioned, you know, then there's anger, like, why won't you heal? Why won't you fix? And the weird thing about the position I'm in at the moment is, if you saw me, I'm still having some tests on. The only final symptom I have is some lingering gastritis that just won't disappear. And when I go to see doctors, they're kind of like, well, you just look really healthy. There's nothing wrong with you, really. But OK, when we put a camera inside you, there is some inflammation. So what's that all about? So I'm becoming a bit of a medical mystery, yeah. which is really interesting because I think part of the situation is because I'm doing so much stuff to look after myself. I sleep, I walk and not exercising other than doing some strength training and yoga is that I am building a foundation for my health. But this final bit of my body that just won't seem to heal means that I can't go back to being that 100 miles an hour person that I was. So there's no way I could go running. There's no way I can down a load of caffeine. There's no way I can work ridiculously long hours. So I'm having to go through this process of, well, why was that all really important to me? Mm -hmm. And why isn't self-care important to me? Why do I want to serve others first and look after others first over my own needs? So a client would come over my own needs for sure. And I can coach a client through getting better way more efficiently and effectively than I can myself. But I think that's the case for probably most people. Everybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When this is why Russell Brand says you always need a mentor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you need a mentor? Mentors need mentors. Yeah. And your mentor, I think you've got to connect with that person as well. That's really important. And you can kind of have that connection with someone and listen. And I'm lucky in that I've had a couple of people come into my life because I slowed down and stopped and went, okay, this is not going to be something fixed overnight. People just came into my life that are now helping to kind of mentor me, which is, and some are friends. So it's not always going to be on a, it's not a counselor or psychotherapist. It's not always going to be a nutritionist or herbalist. You know, there are a couple of friends one who has just very randomly stepped into my life and is just the right person for me right now to spend time with. But what's interesting with that is, and kind of tying this in with slowing down a little bit and just being a little bit more aware and open to what's around you, is like normally if we're working in, say, a coffee shop or something, no disrespect, but sometimes people who come in who we know and we are fond of, but almost a bit like, you know what, I can't be doing with this right now. I need to get this done. Yeah. And if I make eye contact with that person, I know that it's going to turn into a chat and, you know, I can't be having that. Yeah. See yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this particular friend you're talking about kind of came at a moment where you'd almost had a bit of a word with yourself and had said, I can't keep shutting the world out yeah. and being so engrossed in work, work, work all the time. And as a result, 
that exact scenario happened. You saw this friend in a coffee shop. Yeah. And because you made eye contact and you engaged in a conversation, now that's what you've even been telling me of like, you know, the conversations you've been having with this friend and this and the other. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Potentially that would have been an opportunity missed had you not been open to actually looking away from your laptop for a moment. Yeah, yeah. And then having a chat. And do you know what's interesting about that is, and then I would have felt guilty about meeting up because the other thing about our routine is we're a little bit different in that because we work for ourselves and we don't have a family, our routines are very unusual. Well, we do have so. a family. <laughs> we just don't have kids. Yeah, we don't have kids, sorry. <laughs> so because of that situation, we're not, it's kind of like orphans. the times that we would be up for socialising isn't the time that many of our friends are. So, you know, they're doing bedtime routines or they're doing school runs. And then when we're kind of working, you know, it's when they're free and they're like, oh, you're free, you know, so it becomes a bit strange. And you can almost fall into habits of like, oh, this is just no point in trying to even socialise at this point Mm. in time. And and you can then end up just delving into things like work or your training or you just get into the things that are very easy to fall into and then realise that actually you haven't socialised for a whole week or maybe even a month, you know. And I think that's becoming increasingly common amongst people. But I think the other thing that's kind of important to mention here is the other thing that the kind of falling ill has made me do is this big assessment of kind of personality self-care. Why do I find self-care so hard? Why do I find it hard to say, I'm going to go and just have some fun and relax? Mm -hmm. And why do other things, even like, you know, we talked about tidying the house on the last podcast. Why does that come first over me having some carefree time talking to somebody, which is completely medicinal, by the way. It is so helpful when you just work through your thoughts through conversation, I think. But a lot of this is coming from kind of, as we've mentioned, childhood, learned behaviours, external pressures. And what I've also noticed is in this position, when you have a bit of a personal crisis, it can be that your mood health isn't good. It can be your physical health. It could be anything from hormones, digestive system, is that you begin questioning everything, but in the wrong way. So you begin to blame other things. So first of all, I kind of said, well, it's because I'm self-employed and I work so hard, but I'm my own bloody boss. So the only person that's making yeah. me work so hard is me. Yeah. And then you turn on, you can start to blame. I think a lot of parents start blaming children and saying, yeah, but, you know, being a parent has all these responsibilities. But ultimately it does. But we're the ones that order those responsibilities in our head. Mm. And we're the ones that decide they can almost consume us. I say we haven't got children, I've got a little dog, but, you know, it could consume you or you can actually start to order them and, and prioritize them. And there's a big word, I think, that is kind of helpful here that you have to surrender to a lot of things that are going to happen and understand that you cannot control them. No. And when you wake up in the morning and realize that actually a lot of what is going to happen in the world is going to happen, whether or not your kitchen is tidy, whether or not you've been for a run, whether or not you have paired up all the socks today or, <laughs> you know, like answered every email in your inbox there is going to be consequences that are beyond your control. And equally, there will be people who are pissed off with you. And the minute you can start to accept all of that, mm-hmm. and I like the word surrender, and they talk about something called surrender meditation, which I don't do, but I kind of do my own version of, which is waking up and going, the world is what it is, it's going to be what it's going to be. And all I've got to do today is just be a really kind, lovely human being and smile at people again, which you know, at one point I got too busy to do. Yeah. You know, I was in my own little world and offer help and support and be nice, but also not to the point of draining all of my energy and then having nothing left and then feeling guilty or worrying that somebody may be isolated or abandoned because of me. Yeah. So that balance, I think, is so hard to get, but it is part of becoming good at self-care. 
So there you go. <laughs> so. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's like, of course, none of these things are ever easy, especially if it's been very much part of who you are, if you like, for a long, long time. Yeah. Like, because for as long as I've known you, it's quite clear you are a warrior. But at the same time, it's like I think I've said before, like you're a very selfless person. Like you're always looking out for other people. And on the one hand, it's one of your many qualities, but at the same time, it can work against you as well. Yeah, but I think also, I think just on that note, you're very good, I think, at elements of self-care that are completely alien to me. And I do wonder if there's a slight gender bias, if we can still talk about gender biases, in that I would come home and you will have watched box sets all day. Hell yeah. In your pyjamas with Hamish and just eating tons of lovely food. And I can't remember how many times I've done that. Join me sometime. Yeah, in the last... It's great. 10 years since we've been together, I can't remember on my own. I don't really remember ever doing that other than once I've done all of my work, made sure everybody's happy, answered all my WhatsApp messages, cleaned the house, and then I'm put on something like eat, pray, love, and eat some chocolate. But it's an hour. Yeah. Whereas for you, you'll do it for a day. But when you do that sometimes, part of me looks at you and goes, who do you think you are? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I can see it. I can sense the passive aggressiveness. And actually, I need to be... <laughs> oh, you don't mind, dear? No, of course not. <laughs> Through gritty you teeth. You just sit there and I will yeah. get on with the... Tidy in the garden up. <laughs> but you're doing something that I need to train myself to do. Exactly. And weirdly, when I look at what you're doing, part of me completely positions it as selfish and I think it's why a lot of when we talk about gender biases women will look at men sometimes and I only know this from the feedback I get from client base as well and say partner does this it feels like it's a bit selfish and it's almost like you're neglecting Mm. my needs and putting your needs first yeah but you're not no exactly you are basically just putting your own self-care routine in place yeah your needs always come before mine yeah like but my perception of that situation but that's not the reality and so as this goes right back to kind of being true to yourself and knowing yourself that's not a reality that's my 39 years of experience going well you're 39 <laughs> yeah. you're younger than that <laughs> but basically you've been so, lying to me all these years <laughs> all of Olay <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah that's basically this voice in your head it's not a reality it's not truth yeah. but this voice will convince you that there is somebody who's putting their needs before yours that's selfish, that's not a behaviour that's to be commended type thing. Yeah, but like you say, that's your perception of the situation at that time based on how you're feeling. Yeah. Because if you were feeling the same way, if you were feeling quite chilled and you were in the other room reading the book or the Sunday papers or whatever, whilst I'm in here in my gym jams watching box sets. Yeah, it's all fine. It'd be fine because we're both on the same level. Like he's chilling, I'm chilling, everything's great. But that never happens though. It very rarely happens. No, I know it doesn't. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, it's like when you feel like I'm really stressed about this and I need to make sure I do X, Y and Z before I even think about unwinding and sitting down and watching TV. And I think there is an element of resentment because deep down, you know. (laughs) This is like marriage guidance (laughs) counselling. To each other. Yeah, yeah. How weird. (laughs) But yeah, because in, in a way, deep down, You'd love to be able to just be able to switch off and go, do you know what? Because I said, basically, I know what Keris is talking about here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In the, yesterday, Keris went and taught a yoga class. 
had this big to-do list and went and sat in a coffee shop and worked all day until about three, four o'clock. I, I was right the other way. I was like, you know what? I'm walking the dog and that's about as much as any kind of exertion is going to be today. And I got home, I made myself food and I didn't move from the sofa. <laughs> but because I just said to myself, I'm having a day off. I haven't had a solid day off. And I left my phone in the other room and I just watched films, box sets, the lot. So what I'm saying is, is that I know deep down you couldn't do that. Yeah. But there's a part of you that wishes you could. Like, I'd love to be able to just go, but yeah. I'm having a day off and I'm just going to watch whatever the hell I want on telly. No, you're absolutely right. But this is part of unraveling this really complex situation of understanding yourself, knowing yourself, and then starting to retrain yourself mm. to, as we've said, to self-parent, to self-care. And part of it is using this phrase self-love, which for me, self-love is a bit of, you know, this kind of, you've got to spend a bit of time observing yourself a bit of time educating yourself and then you've got to go through a process of kind of as we said acceptance surrendering and then start to implement some things mm. and go on a bit of a journey with it all i also wonder if you think back to kind of hormones might be playing a role in this in that i do generally think we're in this weird kind of transition phase at the moment where again this is going to sound very you know stereotypical that i'm saying these things but women are kind of taking on what would be seen as a traditional male role in society. So women are getting into kind of high intensity training and, you know, aggressive kind of career mode, but then equally still trying to, many of them maintain the female role of the carer, the mother, the maternal instincts, mm -hmm. many are parents. And whilst you kind of get medals for, and you do get medals for juggling all of this, when you tell your story and I'm like, I had three children yeah. and I'm, you know, I know single mums who are doing this phenomenal job of launching their own company, raising kids on their own, you know, and it's all amazing. But I think there is a cost sometimes to pay for this in that there's a certain element of neglect and you go into this kind of like dopamine mode where you're just like, prove it, prove it, prove it, you know, like I can do Neglect this. yourself, you mean? Yeah, and I think what you start to see is sex hormones falter, mood health, serotonin mm. comes down, like, so there are implications for that. And the reason I kind of raise the hormone side of things is whatever you say about the genders is traditionally that those roles would have been way back when that men would have gone through the kind of hunter-gatherer fight or flight mode quite frequently. They would have hunted without food, fasted, and then chilled after a hunt and relaxed. Yeah. And there's often this idea actually that they didn't do much on the hunt. They didn't actually achieve much. Whereas the women would have stayed quite busy back wherever the tribe was, just constantly looking after children, growing vegetables, nurturing, making things. So like a constant level of busyness and I kind of wonder now in this transitional phase it's almost like the lines are blurring and we're taking on multiple roles and I think it's having an effect kind of on the hormones if that mm. makes sense so you're seeing higher androgens in women and androgen related problems like polycystic ovarian syndrome or you know the androgens go high in menopause and that leads to like hair growth and things like that and weight around the middle because of this stress drive and a bit like this aggressiveness yeah. to fight the aging process or fight the menopause or PCOS it can be anything. It can be a control thing. It can, you have PCOS people underweight, overweight. Yeah. And then you've got the same thing kind of happening, I would say, with kind of male health a little bit where you're probably seeing a similar thing where it's almost, I don't know, I can't, I can't really speak for that side of it. That's not the majority of my client base, but I'm seeing a lot more depression and lack of purpose and lack of kind of get up and go, I think, in male clients that I do have. And a lot of questioning, like, what am I here for type thing. Mm. And work isn't the same, especially if there isn't that kind of happiness in their career. That affects everybody. But you just see it really reflect very fast in men rather than women. 
I find it really hard to talk about this because, and I'm worrying already about what people think, listen to this, because we're not supposed to talk about gender stereotypes no, anymore. But, oh, but it's not a stereotype, No, no, it? but I do think that the sex hormones reflect your thought processes so much. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I'm saying. I'm seeing so many women with low progesterone, which really suffers with stress as yeah. a result of stress and thyroid problems, which suffers as a result of kind of stress, anxiety, all these types of things. So the hormones always reflect what's kind of going on at the kind of personality level, self-care, you know. And actually when you get people to stop, and there are millions of stories about this, when people get diagnosed with anything from cancer to an autoimmune condition and they are suddenly pulled out of that work environment or pulled out of that, I've got to fix the whole family environment and have to turn inwards and start to look after themselves, it can be a really uncomfortable process because Mm. you're just so unfamiliar with like putting yourself first and it feels selfish and you know it's a really difficult process to manage but it's just a struggle I see it's so much harder for women at this point in time and that's not all that's just a because you'll happily say to me like if I was to say to you for example like oh you know I've got x y and z to do but I really can't be asked today and you'll turn around and go well you've had a really busy week, like, you know, you've worked really hard this week. Why don't you have the day off and just deal with it tomorrow? Yeah. But you would never say that to yourself. No. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you'd be more than happy to go like, God, you'd almost acknowledge how hard I've worked and what I've done and go, do you know what, like, have a day off. But I can be so objective to you about the whole process, but to me it's subjective. So if I'm looking at you, I'll step back. And I give you, I think, the right amount of like, come on, Matt, pull your finger out or mm. go on, Matt, be, go easy on yourself. Like, stop talking to yourself like that. So I would say you might disagree. When I'm not in a good place, I'm a bitch. Like, that is, that's a given. Like, it's just <laughs> as yeah. easy as that. Like, if I'm turning on me, I can sometimes turn on you, mm. which I think is common to everybody out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm not alone. No, but most of the time, if I'm on that even keel, I will be objective with you. I'll go, Matt, you've done this and this. That's why you feel like this. This is why you need to rest. And I'm in some weird ways, like parenting you as you should parent yourself. But on yourself, there is just too much noise up there in the brain that is... Won't allow it. Yeah, there is too much kind of, I suppose, you're attached, aren't you, to so many different things. You're attached to beliefs other people have of you and things like that, which means that you can't really truly understand what you need to do or truly identify with your own kind of needs at that point in time. So, And it's very difficult in those circumstances to kind of really be yourself as well. Yeah. Because you're drawn to all those different demands. But it's hard though, isn't it? Because if you are wired a certain way, if you will, you know, these things aren't going to change overnight. You know, even if you... Deep down, no, you need to look after yourself a little bit more. You need to make a bit more time for yourself. And I suppose follow the advice that you would give to others, you know, because it's like we always say, you know, like often someone in our Fitter 365 group asks a question about something they're worried about or like we've been talking about having an element of guilt for, you know, like doing something when they feel they should have done something else for somebody else and whatever. And we'll often answer the question with, if your best friend came to you and said this, what would you say to them? Yeah. And they can answer that question. Yeah, yeah. But put themselves in that position. Yeah. They can't. It's a complicated process. Yeah, and we talk about self-care and self-care goes way beyond how many times you've been to the gym what your diet's like, of course, exercise, movement, nurturing your body through food. Of course, that plays a role in self-care, but there's a much, much bigger picture out there. I suppose I think like... If you, if you, what's really interesting is, we were saying this this morning, is if you look at Buddhism, for example, or you look at kind of 
Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, if you look at spirituality, all of the advice is there, but it's almost in a language now that's so alien to us. Yeah. So if you go and work with somebody who starts talking about oh, connecting well, with your spirit and things like that, like yeah. you're lost straight away. And if I'll hang on for like a little bit longer. Buddha, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is going too out there for me. Whereas I'm kind of, I think no, I've, I'm more open to it now. Yeah. I don't run a mile like I used to. I always used to just think, yeah, oh, this is just some next level stuff, but you know, I don't want to go there. But I always remember someone saying to me when I was investigating having my bunions operated on very randomly, an osteopath who was also very interested in acupuncture mm. and also very interested in foam rolling and fascia release. And we got talking about some of the theories as to why you develop like joint dysfunction. And I was saying, oh, you know, in Chinese medicine, they say that, you know, trauma is developed in fascia. We talked about that on the last podcast. And we had this big chat about it. And he went, we're all talking about the same thing. It's just your kind of mind-body connection, but every different discipline has their own language for it. But if you can get above, not above, but if you could just kind of like hold judgment for a second and listen to the message everyone's saying the same thing and this has been in alternative traditional medicine for thousands of years and we lost it with conventional medicine coming in and medication we lost this idea that how you think can completely transform your biochemistry if you're scared of something if you're nervous about something your body thinks you're going to be attacked and upregulates inflammatory chemicals and mm. histamine and suddenly your skin's going crazy your nose is running and you're suppressing elements of your immune system which are busy doing spring cleaning for cancer and for viruses and if that goes on for a long period of time this is how chronic disease and immune dysregulation yeah. kicks in but we did it all by thinking and that's all been lost now and it's coming back there's now enough like if you go back into the scientific literature there is a ton of stuff in there now about if you have a dog how much mm. lower your inflammatory chemicals are they do blood tests on people and look at everything from c-reactive protein to fibrinogen and blood pressure and cortisol and everything's much more balanced yeah. if you have good social networks if you're not socially isolated if you laugh each day if you can report that you have positive experiences on a daily basis minor yeah. ones by the way that's a yeah, smile yeah. or oh what a beautiful <laughs> cup of tea yeah yeah but <laughs> equally if i tell you this stuff now and you're sat there and you are worried about anything from like like work relationships finances 50 grand in debt you can't get up in the morning and go i'm really glad i'm here today i'm really glad that the sun's shining i think there's a problem here in that that information is getting out there that we need to do gratitude and all these kind of meditation and yoga and things and breathe that message is out there and people are going into workplaces and trying to coach this stuff they're trying to teach it in gyms or wherever but i almost think people need to arrive at this in their own time of course and i they think do. sometimes that takes you know like a bit of a health crisis or a little bit of a i don't know someone they know and trust puts it in a language that makes sense to them but that's the thing like there's always things out there like you said like you know it can come in any shape or form be it like a book you read or a podcast you listened to or yeah. like you said a friend some wise words or heaven forbid something tragic happening because that can be a big catalyst for people sometimes but equally sometimes it's not and like you said you need to arrive there yourself and you need to connect with it at that moment in time and something needs to happen in your mind because that's where it starts right and then the actions may or may not come of that yeah and for me it can be something really really small but you need to make that effort initially for it to become a bit more routine like for me you know like I've spoken about this before and I've put it on social media but I decided towards the back end of last year over Christmas 
to not check my phone first thing in the morning and not be on it last thing at night. And instead to start my day with reading a couple of chapters of my book whilst I have my first coffee of the day. And that's how I end my day as well, minus the coffee, yeah. you know, with a couple of chapters of my book before bed, no phone, yeah. whatever. And I just start my day so much better. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's well, hilarious, in, by the way, I have to share this with the listeners is if we stay at your mum's house, <laughs> she doesn't get this. Yeah. And she comes and sits opposite you and just asks you like a million questions. Machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so funny to watch. I often think like, my Because you don't actually look up from the book and you just go, yep, yeah, nope, yep. Yeah. And it's like a battle of wills. She's a bit like, I will get him to look I'm up like, from this, this book. Mum, this is my routine. <laughs> but then equally, I then feel guilty because I'm like, well, oh, instead of being on my phone, I should actually... Reading your book, you mean? Instead of being, reading your book, you should... Yeah, instead of reading my book. So I, Well, no, because not, I read my book as an alternative to being on my phone. So when I'm at my mum's, my alternative should be... To chat with your to chat with my mum. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? You do spend a lot, of, like just to cover it, you spend a lot of time with your mum. You talk yeah. to her every day. Talk so it's to her not on the like you every day, yeah. Like neglect her in any way, but it's just no. fully watching you trying to do your morning routine and your mum going, "No, you will do my morning routine." Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> you my, will answer I'm, at least a hundred questions. Respect your elders. <laughs> at least a hundred questions about your day. Where are you going now? <laughs> What's your best client? Then what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> when <are> you going? <laughs> Bless her. But what I was going to say was, is that the reason I'm telling that story is because I read for about the first. 10, 15 minutes of the day. It's not a lot, but it makes a massive difference to me. And that goes for whether I'm, if I'm up at four o'clock, which I am Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I still read my book. Or on a Monday and a Friday when I get, I tend to get up a little bit later, I still read my book. Yeah. Weekends it's are the best because yeah. I read even more because I don't need to be anywhere. Yeah. But for me, it's just such a more positive way to start the day rather than checking emails, checking social media, where there's potentially, I might read something that's going to stress me out, yeah. something that I'm like, oh God, yeah, I need to do that. But I've read it at a time I can't actually do anything about it because yeah. I soon need to be on the road to get to my client or whatever it may be. So I'm a bit like, well, what's the point in reading it? I can't take any action towards dealing with it in any shape or form because yeah, yeah. I need to drive. Why do I do it to myself? So it was a no-brainer, but it did require effort from me yeah. to do that. So in the mornings, I would just leave my phone on airplane mode. I'd switch it off, actually, tell a lie, just to quickly check my client hasn't cancelled. Yeah. Because that'd be annoying. Right. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Hello. Is anybody in? But then, you know, once I see that they haven't or have whatever, I go back to my book. I have my 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So that's a small change that I made that goes towards my self-care because it means I start my day much much better yeah and I end my day much much better I also like you're training your kind of attention span to be focusing on one task at a time you know we just said like the busyness is so damaging to the brain as well like it's not Mm. good to be overstimulated all the time with all these different things and I think it's nice to do something quiet and focused I think as well like we mentioned before just being on your own Mm. in your own company and kind of observing your thoughts then acknowledging that they are not necessarily truths they're just this chatter from like your 15 year old self your 20 year old self your boss that friend that told you you were fat or whatever it might have been all these comments that that hang around in your head and become your reality but they're not your reality if Mm. that makes sense I think that's really helpful and I'm the opposite to you I've found some real benefit in doing 
evening walks. Yeah. And I did one the other night, it poured with rain. I went out and it just started raining as I went out. So I didn't intend to do a walk in the rain, but actually I loved it. And I'm just finding that put some well, classical uh, music on. As and- Bob Marley says, some people feel the rain, others just get wet. <laughs> I think it's Bob Marley. Soz, if I uh, <laughs> if it's not misquoted. What actually comes to me on these walks is because it's time out on my own. And the thing is, at the start of a day, I tend to be listing off what I'm going to do in the day. So I walk Hamish in the morning, but I can I tend to get ideas for content actually and things I want to do and events we want to run and mm. stuff. So I go into kind of work mode, but it's a nice creative version of work mode that whilst yeah. I'm out walking. Whereas at the end of the day, because I've done a lot of stuff, I tend to find that my thoughts come back to me, which is really nice. So my yeah. nighttime walks, which my mum keeps ringing me going, where are you? Is it dark? <laughs> Who yeah. are you with? Why are you on your own? She can't, she can't get it at all. She doesn't even like walking. <laughs> so why you would walk in the dark in the rain? I think she's like, are you yeah, all right? But, but then at the same time, it's not for her to understand no, no, because no. you're not doing it for her. You're doing it for you. Yeah. But what and, I was going to say is that they become hugely reflective because I've almost got my day out of the way. And this is my time with my thoughts. And I don't think you need to be out walking necessarily. You could just be, you might want to meditate, do yoga, something for yourself, I think, in the evening, other than just, don't get me wrong, most nights me and you plonk in front of Netflix or whatever and we'll watch TV together. And that is lovely too. But what I've found is it's interesting because on these walks, what becomes apparent to me is what I'm scared of. Mm. And it's the things that you're scared of that drive your behaviours in the wrong direction and drive you away from self-care. And it's really good to start to identify and admit what you're scared of. And one thing that's become so apparent to me is having looked after, both my parents have had cancer and I've kind of been really proactive in project management through the process and, you know, help a lot of individuals who've got health challenges, serious health challenges, is that you can almost develop this kind of fear of losing somebody, you know, like fear of Mm. someone. I suppose one of the things that is so clear to me is almost like a fear of dying. And that's not just loved ones, it's even myself. And that is something that we should never have because it's going to happen. And it's so strange that on these night walks, it occurs to me and I'm like, that is one of the fears that we can't have. And it's something that I'm working on and actually feel like I'm making a big difference with is you can't fear it. Otherwise, that I think is just, it leads you to these destructive behaviours. But how empowering is it not to be scared? But to not be scared, you have to know that you lived the life you truly wanted to live and Mm. you stayed true to yourself. So it all circles back round. This is going to sound a little bit spiritual maybe now for us, but it all circles back round to, are you doing the right thing? Are you with the right people? Are you hanging out? You know, do you have purpose? Do you have fulfilment? Do you love your day? And by the way, this doesn't need to be, sometimes we have to do jobs that we have to do and that's that to earn money. But you also have a huge amount of time outside of that Mm. to fulfill your creative needs and your relationship needs. And so doing this kind of assessment is great. And that's why I found the walking at night helps me with that because crikey, if I was to be told next month, "Uh uh-oh, there is something wrong with you, I want to know that I have no regrets and lived life to the fullest. And I can't honestly say that I have for the last so many years because a lot of what I've done has been driven by again that kind of basically making sure others are okay or trying to prove myself or trying to Mm. live up to expectations of others or not wanting to let someone down hyper responsibility so as wah-wah as it might sound that all has to change for me to fully embrace self-care and fully I suppose implement self-love and and the self-love side if we go back to you could do a whole podcast on this but the body image body confidence side of things Mm. all of that comes from this as well that's just like an offset of all of that because if you don't feel true to yourself and love yourself and love the person that you are you're probably going to go on a diet or you're going to end up under eating or binging on food to escape that 
because it will give you some form of control or relief, whichever way you go. Yeah. It's... <laughs> you look very uh, pensive there with your... So uh, you talked about my gesture, but you've got like your finger on your lip and yeah. you're frowning. I'm in deep fall. <laughs> and you're going to no, get... No, I can no. see wrinkles. <laughs> it's my thinking face. <laughs> no, because like this is thought-provoking stuff. Like it's weird because I'm looking at the clock thinking, oh, we're coming up to the hour mark. Part of me's like, do we make this a two-hour special? Because I feel like <laughs> I could go on for ages or do we carry... I don't know. But because I do feel that like you and I... And we've said this openly like to one another and feel like we've both been doing like, a good bit of soul searching lately, Yeah, yeah you know, and almost, you know, trying to make sense of it all in our heads of, gosh, heaven forbid, if we did have bad news tomorrow, would we feel regretful for how we've been? Yeah. And we both said, yeah, we would, because we've probably stressed too much, worried too much. Yeah. And as a result, not put ourselves first enough. Yeah. And and also there's been a massive element of comparison against others in that we run a business, we're in an industry that's highly competitive, whether it be nutritional fitness. And so we've lost ourselves, I would say, to a certain mm-hmm. extent because mm-hmm. we felt a pressure to be something bigger, greater. And so it becomes very hard to appreciate, you know, what is working in and what you can do and almost acknowledge your strengths because you always look inferior thanks to social media in some ways. But that's not to say that you can't loop that background and start to use social media to actually reverse this process and use social media back again for for inspiration and to get your self-care in place, your self-love. And, you know, so when you see bundled quotes coming down Instagram feed, you know what I'm up to. Yeah. (laughs) But actually, on that note, editing your newsfeed can be hugely beneficial for this something so simple that people just do not do just you don't have to unfriend people for hide certain things yeah yeah that trigger you because trigger is the word here yeah and then follow people who are on a similar journey to you yeah. and going back to what is truly important how do i reconnect you know with myself how do i think about the bigger picture what's important in life you know love gratitude relationships being happy that's who you want to be following that's the message that you want subliminally coming through on your phone all the time yeah no exactly exactly and and you're in control of that like you say like you can choose who you follow you can choose who you unfollow and i did a post about this the other day in that i think i often hear people say oh i saw this post on social media and it made me feel really bad about myself but whoever posted that their intention was not to make people feel bad about themselves they put that video or that photo or whatever out there because they felt that they looked good they felt that it served some kind of purpose it was going to add value to someone's life and you know for a lot of people as well i'm sure it's to massage their own ego you know for likes and comments and all of that kind of stuff like we all do these things for different reasons i'm certain that no one puts anything out there to be like oh i just want to make people feel crap about themselves today you know here's this picture or video but that's just how you've reacted on an emotional level at that time yeah yeah, it was your perception yeah based on where your head is at at that moment in time because you could probably look at that same post on a different day and appreciate it for what in in a different mindset and get inspiration from it actually russell rand i was listening to do a really quick talk on this and he was saying when you accept that people are going to criticize you and not like you and it doesn't bother you you are in a position of total power. You're, like, you're so empowered by that mm. and you're in a position of proper self-love and spirituality because you yeah. don't care. You need to kind of list all the people that hate him and he's like, I don't care. Yeah. All these people dislike me and I don't care about it. 
But he's like, do also understand that negative comments and criticisms are a reflection of where that person is mm. in their journey, not a reflection of you. And that's the second thing that you've got to like cement into your head. It's a reflection of them, not you. Yeah. And that will help you justify the negative comments or the trolling or the criticisms or the things that people say to you. You can go. And what I started doing actually, as I've kind of looked into this a little bit more, is almost just go, bless you, you know, like, yeah. bless you. Yeah, that's uh, your place. Yeah, you exactly. want to you want to criticize me? I'm going to bless you. But for a long time, that would have gone like, you know, like punching the stomach for me. But it, and I'd have carried it around like a negative energy and gone, it's the truth. It's the truth. This is what I am. This is what this person said. Yeah. And that is toxic to be in that position. Whereas if you can start to bounce it back because you're like, no, I'm a good person. I've only yeah. ever had good intentions and I start my day with good intentions. And like I said, and it's the small things that I'm just starting to notice, like anything from, you know, smiling at strangers, like having conversations with random people, mm. uh, volunteering to help, all these little things are starting to create an energy that really does it's, it makes you feel good but yeah. it's part of your self-care yeah and it, but it's part of you doing your bit yeah. to kind of like be a good human yeah. like you know yeah, it's, definitely. and i just think for me i mean i've never really been offended by name calling like i think i was always just taught it's like maybe back in like primary school or something like that when it's like you know miss that's yeah. so called me like, yeah. whatever you know what i mean like Whereas now I'm more so like, gosh, I always just think the second you resort to an insult, especially about someone's appearance, it's a cop out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you've shown your hand there to me. You've gone, you're basically telling me you're not happy with who you are yeah, yeah. and you feel the need to insult my physical appearance or what I'm wearing or whatever to make you somehow feel better about yourself. Yeah. So in a way, I'm almost a bit like, you know, it sounds tough because obviously part of me is always like, you're an idiot. But then there's another part of me that's like, you're potentially in a bad place. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's why you've done that. Because why else would you want to insult another person that you don't know, you've never met before in your yeah, life, yeah. you don't know a single thing about them, yet you felt the need to do that. You know, when I've had it in the past about, you know, the normal, completely predictable ones yeah. and normally about like my legs I was going to say you know, this is your skinny legs coming back up and it's like oh good one mate yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah. it's like but do you know what that will happen is it'll make them feel a bit better that they've just got no gains at all <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what a few other people that feel the same way will probably jump on and love their comment and then that'll massage their ego a little bit and make them feel like yeah, yeah. do you see what I mean but do you know what's also interesting is there's just so much that judgment that goes on in this process and we are in a judgy world right now and I think one of the things that me and you have noticed and we've become kind of I would say we've become prone to or victims of but then it's equally knocked our confidence a lot is that people think everything's all right for us because and that's not because we put out on social media that everything's perfect because we give a very balanced mm. portrayal of our life on social media I'll say if I'm having a bad day you say if you're having a bad day we'll say when we're feeling good when we're on top of stuff and vice versa but if you look at kind of our lifestyle, we run our own business. We're very passionate about what we do. We are privileged in every sense, whatever way you look at it. And we have an amazing dog. You have model good looks. I look okay on paper. I ain't going to say more than that. It's a matter of opinion. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> and so what we'd start to notice is like an energy of resentment at times. And I've picked up on it because both of us are quite intuitive about these things. We pick up on it from people who should be, I suppose, classed as kind of friends and family. But I have been in a room full of people where someone has gone, does anyone know a good paleo book? 
And I've been in that room and someone I know and I have supported as a friend has put their hand up and said a completely opposite book. Mm. And I've been like, why would you do that? Mm. And I know now that I can never, ever, it hurt at the time because they did it with the intention of hurting me, if that makes sense. But did they? Yes. Because oh, right. at the time, I think... Maybe they just didn't write the book. True, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> they were sort of opinion, Karis. No, that is very true. Even if they are your you, friend. That is very true. <laughs> but I know they think it was a good book. And I know the question actually was, is there a good UK paleo-based book? And I know they think it's a good book. I know they had the book. And I know they had that book to fix their health and thought it was amazing. But something changed somewhere. And in that room at that time, they mentioned another book. Mm. And I took that to heart. And I was like, gosh, that really hurt because I just thought you were like on my side. And what they don't know is that you and I have had an incredibly hard battle getting our books published and it's not gone how we wanted it to. And people think, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. We've had to let go of our books. We don't own them anymore. And it's financially been a bit of a disaster. We're we're no JK Rowling. (laughs) But no one knows any of that story. And I've seen the same thing happen to you. I've been in a room full of people in the fitness industry and I can just tell that there is an element of kind of envy towards you. And nobody knows that you have had a really tough journey into kind of, this is an industry you've been in for the whole of your life and you've seen it change and you've seen it get kind of bastardized on so many levels and you found it really hard and you've lost your passion for it at times. But I've still seen people have an element of envy towards you and therefore then put you down or criticize you in some way as a reflection on where they are. So it is kind of helpful when you get to that position because you are much more aware of yourself and confident in your own ability and that you are a good person. You then can start to see all of this going on and how it's affected you in the past, Mm. but then you don't let it affect you going forward. And you do your, bless you, (laughs) like, and they'll go, I didn't sneeze. (laughs) (laughs) but that is what I do in my head now I'm like I think someone said send love and light I think it might have been Russell Brand said send them love and light and let them go on the way like I just love that it's like they need a little bit of help right now so send them that mentally and that's good energy but understand that it's not a reflection on you ultimately well it's like now like if ever because I used to engage with like these negative comments sometimes and I just thought you know what all I'm doing is I'm just adding more fuel to this Whereas I should be like, I'm not even going to acknowledge it, literally. Like, I don't delete it because I'm like, just leave it there. Prove that it doesn't bother me because it doesn't. What bothers me is what they did, not what they said as such. It's more like, why would you do that? Why would you take time out of your day to do that type thing? Whereas now I'm just like, cool, you know, you think I've got skinny legs. (laughs) No drama. See you later. But I think one of the hard things about just on this subject of criticism is it does drive you towards very narcissistic behaviour as well, very selfish behaviour. It actually makes us more selfish. Yeah, yeah. And makes us completely destroy. I mean, the self-care is just non-existent because to do these things for a negative reason. So say you did take that to heart and start to hit the gym like six days a week and start, you know, squatting like like mega weights and stuff. Replace the sofa for a leg extension. Yeah, basically. (laughs) It's so destructive because it's you trying to prove 
them wrong, yeah. but in a way that will have a negative impact on both your physical and mental health. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm many not, I people, wouldn't be doing it for me. I'd be no. doing it for other people. And there's no positive element to that. What's something that should be seen as quite a healthy thing to do. So to the average Joe who sees you, they're like, Matt's in the gym five times a week. And, you know, like he's there, he's dedicated, mm. he's driven. It looks like it's a positive thing to do, but it's born out of negativity. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that, this is what me and you see. We often walk past some boot camps, don't we? And say like, it just feels like everyone in that boot camp is about the calorie burn because there's no, no yeah, one's yeah. checking form no one's even looking at like am it's, i doing this right it, intensity is the intensity. number one priority it's just like burn off the takeaway the booze everything. you can almost see and compete with the person next to me mm. and it's born out of a very negative yeah. energy and then part of this comes back to we were saying this is because many people are using exercise to kind of buffer lifestyle habits, be it from a food or an alcohol perspective, that they cannot let go of because they aren't staying connected to themselves and happy and true and all this yeah. and appreciating sunrise and sunsets. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it is all about, because, you know, if you tell someone, oh, yeah, I go to the gym every day, they'll be like, oh, you know, you're really fit and healthy. You go to the gym every day. But actually that may well not be the case because why you go to the gym every day might not be very healthy. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. It might just be, oh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I do it as part of my routine every single day. But do bear in mind that I would have answered that question a while ago, that I love it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, no, but the reality is you don't necessarily, because there were times when I did, I loved the social element of it. Yeah. But there was also something that I was gaining from that process and it was status. So yeah, in a way you were, I was loving the status. And mm. I think had I had the confidence that people would have been my friend outside of the gym, which initially I didn't, would no. I have gone there and pushed myself that hard? Probably right. not. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, of course. So then when and, you come we, out of that, so it's only when I actually established true friendships and mm. they continued outside the gym that I was able to ease back a little bit with it. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, for you, like we were talking about it before, you know, when you was mad in the gym, it served a purpose at the time because, you know, you just come out of a long-term relationship and this really like, cool group of people that you knew at the gym and you enjoyed spending time with them. So you went to the gym a bit more. And, uh, from there. Yeah, it kind of went from there and you started setting this bar for yourself, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, we've spoken about this before, but but again, that time people will see you doing that. Be like, oh, you know, she's so fit and healthy, that Keris. This is their perception of the situation. Yeah, like yeah. in the same way that you're talking about, oh, it's all right for you. Like I put a post up on social media the other day just saying that, I was just feeling a bit, I think it was actually the start of this cough thing. Yeah. And I was just a bit like, oh, I feel like crap this morning. Yeah. You know, it's a, and someone had commented and was like, um, like snap out of it. You've got loads to be happy about. <laughs> and I was a bit like, well, first of all, I didn't say I wasn't happy. Like, <laughs> I was just like, I feel a bit rough. And as a result, I just feel a bit like, I suppose like down on energy and yeah, my yeah. mood and whatever. Your post was about adapting your day, wasn't it? Like you just decided to change things. Yeah, because I was a bit like, you know what, it is what it is. Yeah, I feel yeah. a bit ill. Yeah. Like this either takes a hold of me or I'm yeah, just yeah. like, I'm ill, we'll get on with it yeah. type thing. But I'd had a few comments from this person in a similar way, almost like, Matt, you can't possibly say anything negative because your life is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a bit like, well, I mean, that's not what they said, but that's the kind of message they were giving across in their comments whenever I said anything about feeling a bit rough or a bit whatever and I thought but that's their perception of me and then part of me was a bit like but is that my fault have I led them to believe that but actually what it was is this goes back to the whole physique thing because they'd often make like comments on like my physique and things like that and again it's like just because you look a certain way or I'm highly motivated to train because I do genuinely enjoy training I have days when I can't be asked. But most of the time, you it comes it. easy to me because I enjoy it. That doesn't mean I'm the happiest man in the world. Yeah, 
because I always say to you, I'm happy-ish yeah, because yeah. I am happy most of the time, but yeah. I also have days when I'm just not for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a bit like, Meh. you know, it happens. Yeah, you know, it happens yeah. to everybody. But again, the perception was Matt trains all the time. He's in decent shape. What's he got yeah, to yeah. be unhappy about? But this is where, again, the I wouldn't say the goals are wrong, but the aspirations are wrong. Because the thing that we should all be kind of aspiring to be is just so happy in ourselves mm. and happy being us and being a bit unique. And this goes right down to like whatever it is that makes you you and you a little mm. bit different. And that can be like wonky teeth, a mole here and there, like wavy hair, like your physical attributes. We need to yeah. be much more like, okay, find a way that you feel more confident. So whether you dress a certain way, put some makeup on, you dress up bits of you and you feel better about that. But trying to just conform all the time with these kind of norms, and this is what plastic surgery is about, and it's kind of an identity crisis in a way, yeah. is wrong. And that should never be, and, and fighting that aging process, you know, yeah. it's just wrong. And it means that you're not happy internally. So you're trying to basically change externally. And I think that is a big problem at the moment. And it's almost like we've sometimes said, if we hand it to you on a plate now, everything you want externally, mm. here's the six pack, here's the... I don't know, the hair extensions, the wrinkles disappear, then what? Yeah, Because exactly. it will get boring really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know exactly. what I mean? You're like, this is just like buying all these clothes and then filling your wardrobe and going, right, I'm bored now. And it's just like people think that money is the answer. And when you speak to people who are incredibly wealthy, they go, it gets boring very quickly yeah. because you just... What you know, does? Having loads of money. I don't think I've met anyone that's wealthy that says that. I have. Who? As in they said it. Well, does, tell him it, to throw some my way. Then. It doesn't bring. <laughs> it doesn't bring the happiness yeah, that they yeah, think I it will bring. I know. I'm, joking. I'm not saying it's boring, but it doesn't bring the happiness. And actually, I've seen when we look around at the people we know, we think some of the wealthy people we know are certainly struggling to understand what real happiness is compared to the people we know who are kind of struggling financially who well, are a lot more like i'm out with a dog just loving being in the moment because you know what this is serving me right now well someone Whereas, posted on you, know, uh, you can kind of see that, that conflict on, on facebook facebook the other day about when they were in the army or the military and they spent time in these african villages and stuff like that where there was so many children without parents because like the parents had like died of aids or some other kind of disease a lot of these children had HIV themselves. Yet he said, yeah, they were probably the happiest people yeah. I'd ever met because they had, I suppose, like as different as kind of like the first and third world is, it, you know, both come with different problems, if you like, yeah, yeah. you know. And he just said like they were just such happy people that were just so happy with what they had. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this is why I think they're kind of simplifying yeah. works for people as well. The only thing I was going to say about what you said then is like, you know, of course, having money doesn't necessarily make you happy, but then equally not having money doesn't necessarily make you unhappy. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it works both ways because you certainly can be happy and have money yeah, and yeah, yeah. vice versa. But I'm going to say one last thing as a bit of a closing thought, if you like, based on what you just said about like physical appearance and this, that and the other. Like for me in my life, some of the most inspirational people that I know in terms of their morals, their principles, how they are as a person, don't have a figure or a physique that I would aspire to have. Yeah, yeah. Do you catch my drift? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I'm trying to say is these people serve a great purpose to me. They motivate the hell out of me. I find them incredibly inspirational and I love being around them. And that's not because of how they look. It's because of how they live, who they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And I bet I mean? they're not incredibly wealthy and flashing around loads of... Well, some are. Oh, right. <laughs> but again, like, but they got there through 
hard work, right, yeah. honest means, you know what I mean? Like a passion. Yeah, not, not the postcode lottery. <laughs> no, yeah, they didn't, they didn't win on the Euro meals. But do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and the same goes for you in the absolutely, there is nothing wrong. And I've said this and I'll say it again. I mean, I train because I love it, but I also like looking a certain way as well. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. And there's nothing wrong with having an aesthetic goal. However, it's a very small part of who you are and your day-to-day actions, how you talk to people, how you treat people, you know, the things that you do will say so much more about the person that you are based on how big your arms are, your legs are, what dress size you are. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be on your radar because... But can I just say on that note, this is my final point. Oh yeah. Is if you're doing... Don't just completely disagree with me. No, no, no. If you're doing all of those things that you just said... So focusing on being a good person, you know, you've got your boundaries, you've got your self-care routine in place. So you're going to bed, you're eating well, you're doing some exercise, but you're considering things like purpose and your personality. If you go on this journey of, I would say it's kind of a bit of self-discovery first, then it's self-care, self-love. Go on that journey and you will start to see that you will develop a healthier physical body as a result of having a healthier kind of mental and emotional daily state Mm. because the physical body is suffering as a result usually of the extremes of eating or dieting or binge eating or alcohol consumption or smoking or exercise imbalances so too much too little swinging between you know one or the other all that can even out if you've dealt with that other element Mm. first and then what you'll find is just like we said a level of acceptance about life some days it's going to be good some days it's going to be challenging some days it's going to be traumatic acceptance that it's going to happen and that you know that you develop the resilience to cope with that you do the same with your body and I don't just mean like you just go well this is what I've got now but put the self-care in first place and then you'll have a more objective view of your body maybe greater appreciation and maybe you were pushing it too far in one direction and you'll see it just even out to its natural place that it should be maybe you're curvy maybe you're slim maybe you'll have a six-pack maybe you won't But if it isn't the focus and the focus is on what's important, I just think the body composition will find its natural balance and you are going to hopefully accept that. And that can be, like you said, maybe you do need to drop a few stone to be there, but do the other bit first. Or maybe you want to have a little bit of muscle. Maybe you like, you know, having that definition, but do the other bit first and then a couple of weight training sessions a week and you will get there. But driving and rushing and forcing the process and making it the focus of your day you either will get there and can't sustain it or you will never get there yeah. because you're going to be ending up going crazy with food or alcohol or something else because it's just too hard, you know? So that was my final point. I agree. <laughs> that was a long one. It was a long one, but... Hopefully someone's still here. Yeah. That was a good point at the very end. <laughs> well, uh, I was enjoying it. I could have gone on as well. Save it for the next episode. Okie dokes. Okay. I enjoyed that, Curious. I did. Good I chat. hope you guys did as well. If any of that has resonated with you... If there's any questions you'd like to ask, please, please do reach out. And we had some really lovely feedback from the last episode, actually. So thank you very much to everyone that did take time out of their day to get in touch. We read all of them and I like to think we reply to all of them. I hope we do. If we ever miss any, please know it's not intentional. No. And so did I actually ask about our weekender event, which is on the 8th of November. I had to think about that then. In Tunbridge Wells and... 7th, 8th, 9th, isn't it? No, 8th, 9th, 10th. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Where we're doing everything from kettlebells to yoga to some cool dinners and some woodland walks and some... What else are we doing? And then a lot of talk on mindset, actually, so things we've covered. A lot of the stuff we've covered, yeah. Like, it all... Ties in. All ties in very nicely because it's... We almost want to not move away from, but almost 
integrate just integrate a more of a, a self-care approach like more tapping into your mindset and we're not trying to be gurus on this but we do know the importance both through our personal experience and you know experiences with clients, our clients and yeah. our members so you know we need to make sure that all this awesome food that we're eating all this exercise that we're doing we just need to make sure it's supported and backed up yeah. with everything else with as everything well else. So yeah, if you do want to join us, head to fitofood.com and all the details are on there. And we will be doing some other events in 2020. So do, again, get on our Facebook page, Instagram and email list. And then you can be first to know because we're going to limit the spots on those. We like to work with small groups, don't we? Quality control. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're swinging bells around, that's why. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) there is a safety element as well. But guys, again, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, Please do get in touch, any questions whatsoever. And we'll see you in episode 134. Bye-bye. See ya.